Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the Mosaic Podcast. I'm Pastor Erwin Raphael McManus, and just wanted to thank you for listening. In case you didn't know, I just released a new book. It's called The Genius of Jesus, The Man Who Changed Everything. And you can order it today at thegeniusofjesus.com. So I want to talk to you about the power of words. Language has always been something that's been incredibly fascinating to me, and communication is something that for me has been a, a very peculiar interest. I think some of it is that I'm an immigrant and Spanish was my first language and I learned English here in the States. And, and when you step into a second language, you begin realizing that words are, are these unique ingredients that either separate us or connect us together as human beings. And, and even when you watch like a small child, like we, our daughter Mariah now has a daughter named Juno. And, and one of the cool things is realizing she cannot speak. And, and she has to try to communicate through sounds and grunts. And, and she, in fact, one thing she has already learned how to do is fake cry. And so she pretends that she's crying. And the moment she gets what she wants, she stops crying, which is how you know it's a fake cry. And they realize, how did she pick up that nuanced communication skill that, um, that will serve her the rest of her life? And, and, it, and I start thinking about the, the abrupt and dramatic psychological shift of living inside of another human being for almost a year. You see, all of you were squatters inside of someone else's body for almost a year. And during that year, you never had to use words to communicate to your mother. There is a symbiotic relationship between two human beings where language was unnecessary. And I've always wondered what is it that has made language necessary? And, and certainly when you study human language and the development of, of the human capacity to communicate from an anthropological perspective, it's, it's a very different journey. You try to figure out what, what was the development of sounds that brought meaning, which is what language is in many ways. It's, it's our ability to translate sounds into meaning, but we go far beyond that. Everything we humans create communicates something. So the clothes you wear, the, the car you drive, the city you choose to live in, everything communicates something about who you are. It's almost as if everything we do is a part of our attempt to communicate who we are to another human being. So language is, is essential, but, but I think sometimes what we don't really understand is that, that, that communication is, is actually the process to which we step into the thing we long for most, which is intimacy. It isn't incidental that the word communication comes from the same etymology as the word community. You cannot have a healthy community without healthy communication. And it is not incidental that the word communication has the same etymology as the word community, which has the same etymology as the word communion. So when you think about having communion with God or communing with another human being, communication is essential to move to the, that deep level of human connectedness. The connection that we all long for is intimately connected to our ability to communicate with each other. And yet you know what the scriptures tell us about the power of words can, can almost, in some ways, be 
be so metaphysical because they, they, they're really practical in terms of don't talk like this and talk like this. Don't use words like this, but use words like this. But they're also almost like transcendent, talking about the power of language. And when you look at what the Bible says about the power of communication, it's very different than when you listen to an anthropologist. I want you to go to James chapter 3. We're going to start here today. We're going to read just a few verses, verses 5 and 6, then, then verses 9 through 12. James says this about the power of words. He says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. It makes a great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. How does he feel about this? But really, <laughs> and is itself set on fire by hell. So if you've ever wondered whether your tongue has power, I, I think that it's already been answered. He goes on, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Either can salt, a salt spring, produce fresh water. What he seems to be describing to us is something of almost catastrophic capacity. When he describes that our tongue can set the world on fire. And don't we see that all the time? Our words can create a firestorm. We have a new language for it. We have trolls and, and haters. And, and what we realize is that, that people who were once powerless just a small technology ago now have been endued incredible power by writing and saying and using their words to try to destroy other people, to destroy each other. But by, by the way, when it says that, that it's fueled by the fire of hell, just a side note, the word here is actually the word Gehenna. And it's really not a word that should be translated hell. It should be translated Gehenna. <laughs> because you see, it, it's like the word Jerusalem. When you see the word Jerusalem, it's translated Jerusalem, not city of peace. When you see the word Bethel, it's translated Bethel, not city of God. When you see the word Gilgal, it's translated Gilgal, not circle. That's what each one of those words means. But for some reason, whenever they see Gehenna, they want to translate it hell. Because they want to make a point. But actually, it causes you to miss the point. See, Gehenna was an actual place, just like Bethlehem and Bethel and Jerusalem and Gilgal. Gehenna was a place, and it was, it was a place that had a history to it. It was a place where children were sacrificed to false gods. It's in a dark, dark history. It was a place where thousands and thousands of soldiers' bodies were thrown and set on fire so that their carcasses could be consumed by the fire. 
And so it became a garbage dump and it had a perpetual burning day and night and had an odor that was so horrific that coming near it was nearly enough to cause you to lose your breath. It was Gehenna and everyone knew what it was. It was, it was the, the worst result of human choices. He said, this is what... The tongue can create is a world where the worst of us is undeniable and inescapable. And, and yet there's this dynamic tension here because whenever you have a picture of something that can be the most destructive thing, you have to stop for a moment. And because I am an eternal optimist, I make the 180 degree turn and go, oh, if it can be this destructive, it can be this creative. See, if it can bring this much bad in the world, it can bring this much good in the world. So I started wondering to myself, why, why does the scriptures, why do the scriptures take words and elevate them to a transcendent level? Because it's not just saying, well, you know, you should pay attention to what you say because you can hurt people with your words. It's actually saying something else. See, when he uses the, the imagery of, of can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring, the answer is no. Well, I want to change the, the, the metaphor from salt water to spring water to say that what the scriptures are actually saying is that there are two frequencies at war in the world around us. And there is resonance and dissonance. And there are two frequencies at war. And your language, your words will either resonate with the voice of God or actually be in dissonance with what God is saying in the world around you. And, and you might say, yeah, but I don't believe in God, so I don't care if my voice resonates with the voice of God. Well, let me just pull that back one layer. See, when God speaks, God speaks life. God speaks love. God speaks the good. God speaks the beautiful. God speaks the true. See, when we're in resonance with God's voice, we create and make the world better. When we're in dissonance with the frequency of God, when we're in dissonance with the voice of God, we destroy the good. We actually shatter the human spirit. We diminish other human beings. We bring darkness to the world around us. We replace hope with despair and love with hate and life with death. And so you need to pay attention to the frequency of your words. So I want to go back to the beginning and talk about where language began. In Genesis chapter 1, this is the beginning, not of God's story, but of our story with God. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is Genesis 1.1. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And the next three words are really significant. And God said. Now what he said right after that, it's also important, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. And then he goes on to say, if we go down to verse 26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock and the wild animals on the ground and all the creatures that move along the ground. 
So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good, and it was, it was evening and morning and the sixth day. And so what we see is there's a rhythm here. Now, by the way, God did not need to speak to talk to himself. God is actually creating an interconnection with the creative process that he was going to put into us, being created in his image and likeness. And so you you see a flow that happens here, a frequency that is actually being established in creation. God said he speaks, and through the power of words, he creates, and then he blesses, and then it's good. So God creates all of this, and he creates us, and says, then God blessed them and said. I want you to realize that, that God creates out of his words, that this is the power of words and the power that God entrusts to us. He created us so that we could speak and then create and then bless and then see that it's God. That's the frequency that God introduced. But... Now, thousands of years later, James is talking about a frequency that is fueled by the fires of Gehenna, the fires of hell. What in the world happened to the power of her words? So I want to follow this narrative down just a little bit. I just want to highlight one verse in Genesis, 20, in Genesis 2, verse 25. It says, Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, what does that have to do with the power of words? What does that have to do with communication? I, I, I mean, I know we're in LA and you're, you're, you're like a filtered group of the most attractive people in the world. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. When you travel the world, you remember, oh yeah, that's right. You know, this is what the rest of the world looks like. LA is an aberration, right? Not everyone has a washboard stomach. It's just, you know, it's just here, just here. And I could feel better about myself somewhere else. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm here. And, and so I have to ask this question with a little bit of an asterisk, because like, how many of us could really be like naked in this room and not like, be ashamed? <laughs> I mean, I know there's some of you here, you're just narcissistic enough to go, me, like, you know. And, uh, but, but overall, most of the time, the nightmare is you go to work and you forget to get dressed, right? You know, and, and, and so when the Bible says that they were naked and not ashamed, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I can't resonate with that. See, not only would I be ashamed to be naked in front of people, I am ashamed to be naked in front of me. Like, it's, 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 like when, when I'm just by myself, I'm like, this is like shameful. I, like, I, don't, I, I, I don't know why people put full-length mirrors in bathrooms. I mean, like... like like, put the skinny mirror in there. Do something to make life a little better. And, but there were no mirrors in paradise. And so the only mirror for Adam was Eve, and the only mirror for Eve was Adam. And, and, and they were naked and not ashamed. And, and we all think it's about body fat, but this is not about body fat. It's not about caloric intake and planks and, you know. You see, when the scripture says they were naked, not ashamed, it wasn't as superficial as we are. 
the nakedness was not about their bodies being uncovered. It was about having no hidden thoughts. See, I have this theory, and I know it's not fully relevant, but I'm going to share it anyway. I have this theory that before the fall of humanity, there was no language. That human beings didn't need language because there was no separation. And, and so we could communicate. We, we, just, we, just, we would be connected so we, we would know each other. And we would know each other like a child knows its mother in the womb. There was no separation between us. And, and that a part of what happened in the separation is now we have to have language because now there's a, there's a, a shattering of the human community. There's a break in the human relationship. Now intimacy is something we aspire to, not something we just naturally are created into. And so I, I think before the fall, we were in communion with each other. And so we were in communication with each other. And I see small glimpses of this. I don't talk about this a lot. But like one of the things I, I don't know how to explain, but I can actually hear things inside of people. I don't talk about this really much publicly. I don't ever do it from the platform. But when I'm in conversations with people, I just hear things and I know. And sometimes I'll just whisper it into their ear so they know I know. <laughs> I tell you, and people who know me know this. I mean, when Mariah traveled me around the world, she said, Dad, you can read people's minds, can't you? I said, no, I can read their hearts. She goes, ha, 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 you're scary. <laughs> but I can. I know more about you than I want to know. And in fact, recently I was with a person who's a complete atheist, and, and I heard something. And I, and I just, I leaned over and I said this to him, and he goes, how did you know that? I said, you're an atheist, you will have to figure that out. And so I know I have, I have a small glimpse of this connectedness, and, and yet it's, I, I still walk blindly through life. See, because we walk blind in relationship to each other because we use words to separate. We use words to, to lie about who we are and what we are. We use words to try to make ourselves more palatable, more acceptable, more lovable. We use words hoping that if we can use the wrong words, we'll actually have the connection we long for. And then we realize that lies do not connect us. They only separate us, and we don't understand why. See, I think before the fall, there was no need for words because there was no separation. They were naked and unashamed because they had no th secret thought. What would give you more shame? To suddenly realize you were naked at work, but to realize everyone could hear your, your every thought. Whew. What would give you more shame in front of your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, if they saw you naked or if they could hear everything you were thinking? <laughs> that relationship would be over right away, right? And, <laughs> See, what, what would make it harder for your boss if they saw you naked or if they heard you naked? How many of you would still have a job today? See, the only thing that allows us to survive in many ways is that we can hide our thoughts and hide our deepest, darkest selves from others. But nothing is hidden from God. See, he hears everything. He knows everything. There is no dark closet in you that God has not stood in. Okay. So they were both naked and felt no shame because that's the way God designed us. See, God created us for connection. 
And, and I, I know this is crazy. I, I don't think it ends with us. I think we were connected to all creation. See, I actually think that the universe was never created to be a separate entity that we did not have a, a deep interconnection with. I think it's why when a person doesn't believe in God, they believe in the universe. Because the universe is an echo. They just don't realize that God is the voice. So now we're going to go to Genesis chapter 3 because we have a new conversation. Because see, up to now, the only frequency is the frequency of God. Up to now, the only frequency is God speaking and God creating and God blessing and God creating the good. And now we're in flow with that. We're in rhythm with that. We're in that frequency with God. And then in Genesis chapter 3, this is how it opens up. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, whatever he says afterwards, that's for another day. Okay. I just want to stop at the beginning here. You got a snake talking. Okay. And, and you, you, there's only a couple ways to, to, to like manage that. It's just a myth. It's a fable. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an allegory of, of human brokenness. Or it's a snake talking. And, and <laughs> that's pretty intense, right? And, and, and I know that the whole story is about the serpent being the voice of the evil one. And causing us to not believe God's words to us. So now there are two frequencies in human history. The frequency of God and the frequency of that which stands against God, of evil. And that other frequency says God is a liar. And they chose to step into this other narrative, this other frequency. But, but before we go there, a snake was talking, okay? And, and I, I don't know about you, but if I was out in the desert... And I saw a snake, that would make me nervous. But if the snake started talking, that would be terrifying. That would be like maybe weird, maybe interesting. But at the very least, I would go, wow, this is unusual, right? At the very least, I go, oh, a talking snake. That's never happened before. That, that's a new one. And, and I'm reading Genesis chapter three, and there's no surprise. See, that to me stands out more than what the snake said. If the snake was saying it, and what is to me more extraordinary than the snake saying it is that Eve didn't think there was a Zod. So I'm like, maybe she's had a lot of conversations with snakes, right? You know, I mean, maybe she's had a few conversations with like raccoons or something. I don't know, giraffes. And like, or maybe the all creation was so interconnected that the conversation wasn't unexpected. I don't, I'm just thinking. I just know that a snake came and talked to Eve and she didn't think it was odd. And what happens in this moment, and this is what I need you to see, is that there's a tearing in the frequency of man. See, up to now, we have been connected to one frequency. It's the voice of God. And that voice always created the good and the beautiful and the true in us and through us. And now there's a new frequency, and this frequency, we discover later, is like a fire that destroys everything. 
And what happens right after the snake talks to Eve, and then Eve and the snake talk to Adam, and they all decide to step into this new frequency, is that everything is torn apart. The relationship between man and woman is torn apart. The relationship between God and humanity is torn apart. The relationship between humanity and creation is torn apart. Everything is broken. And I need you to see the power of words because it is through the power of words you will either heal the world or you will destroy the world. You will either be a creator or a destroyer, but you will not be neutral. So how do you get that frequency back? That word back that brings life. I say, I don't think it's incidental that then when Jesus steps into history in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says this about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Why that metaphor? Why would God make a Word the central image of who Jesus is. And he goes on to tell us, you see, I want you to understand what this word does. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Through this word, everything was created. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. It's only his word that creates. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. It sounds like a parallel to Genesis chapter 1. God speaks his word. He speaks light into existence, and out of that light, he brings life, and everything he creates is good. And then he says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, this is what your soul has been searching for. See, your, your soul is lost in the wrong conversation when you're not in a conversation with the God who created you. The life your soul is searching for is lost in translation because we keep listening to the wrong frequency that leads us to death and not life. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. We never think about a word becoming flesh, do we? We never think of it. I mean, is it possible for a word to actually take on flesh? Look around you. See, there's some of you, the word that was spoken into your life is you don't matter, and that's who you've become. There's some of you, the words that you heard was that you were insignificant, that you would never amount to anything, and those words became flesh, and that flesh is you. See, there, there's some words spoken into your life that took all the hope out of your soul and replaced it with despair took all the optimism and, and replaced it with depression. There's some of you here, see the words that were spoken into your life made you smaller and smaller and smaller and those words have taken on flesh and it's you. 
And you need to silence those words because you were created for a different word. You are created for the same word that said, let there be light, and there was light in the cosmos. You're created by the same voice that spoke. Let there be life, and life was created, and that life is to be created in you. That light is to be illuminated in you. But you may not even be hearing the voice that your soul needs so desperately to hear. One of the things the scriptures tell us is that when the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of God speaks to us, if we ignore what he's saying, our hearts become hardened. And so our ears become dull and we lose the capacity to hear the voice of God. And sometimes we have to begin to retrain our capacity to hear what God is always saying. Have you ever just gotten away? You go to the the mountains, or you go to the forest, or you go stand by a waterfall or a river, or the, you go to the ocean and watch the sunrise and the Pacific or sunset, and, 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 and you just feel connected to God even when you don't believe in God. You don't even know who he is, but somehow you feel a resonance with the universe, and there's a reason for that. So the universe doesn't lie about God. It, it says that all of creation is declaring the glory of God. So the moment you silence your soul and you walk through a forest and you hear the wind blowing through the leaves and you have this transcendent moment, it's just the universe telling you, you lost your frequency, but God is still speaking if you listen. And, see, and, and the reason when I open up the scriptures, and some of you, you don't even believe in the Bible, but, but when I open them up and I, and I lay out a truth, that it begins to resonate with your soul, and you're like, I don't know why this is speaking to me. I don't even believe this. The reason is because in this moment, your soul is moving toward the frequency of the voice of God speaking into your life. The reason why when a friend takes a risk and tells you the truth, and you may become angry, and the reason you're angry with them is because their truth resonated with the truth within your soul. and You knew it was right, but you didn't want to listen. It's because, you see, your soul was designed in the image and likeness of God. You were created to only live in the frequency that creates life. And look at us. We're like a hell on fire. We slander, we gossip, we judge, we criticize, we, we diminish, we do everything we can. I mean, listen to the social commentary. Listen to the, the fire of Gehenna lighting up social media because we, we want to drag everyone with us into the story that makes us nothing. And Jesus stepped into human history and became the Word of God taking on flesh so that you and me so that we could hear him speak to us life. <laughs> I have a friend with me. His name is John Gordon. We've been friends for so long. And I still remember when 
I first interacted with him, I was on his podcast, his producer, Daniel Decker, asked me to go on his show. And he said, you know, my friend, John Gordon, he's not a Christian, doesn't believe in God. He's a Jewish Buddhist energy coach. And I think you guys have really hit it off. And, and uh, would you come on his podcast? And so I said, sure, I'll come. And then we we're talking about energy. And to be honest, honest with you, I, I, only, I have very limited, like, knowledge on energy. Like, I, I know something about energy, but, you know, I didn't have a whole show. And about ha- halfway through the show, he says, Erwin, I have a question for you. And I go, yeah, and he goes, you're a Christian, right? And I go, yeah, and he goes, you Christians believe that you're the only ones going to heaven and the rest of us are going to hell, right? I go, what? And he goes, you, you think we're all going to hell, right? Are we all going to hell? And I said, this is a show about energy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he goes, no, no, my, my audience really wants to know. Yeah, I bet they do. And uh, they, they love watching Christian Roadkill. <laughs> you know, just like, and, right? And, and in that moment, I remember just saying, you know, John, what Jesus said is he did not come to condemn the world, but to bring the world life. So I'm not here to condemn the world. I'm just here to bring the world life. Because why would I take on a job that Jesus couldn't handle? Right? He didn't want to condemn the world. He just wanted to bring the world life. And some of us are trying to take on a job God doesn't even want. See, God does not want to condemn the world. He just wants to bring the world life. Why do we want to condemn the world? And no matter who's ever spoken to you, no matter what you've ever heard. And for some of you, it may have been what you heard from someone who said they believed in God. Nothing makes me angrier than people who use God's name to diminish God's voice. But that's been happening since we started having a conversation with the snake. And I'm telling you, the snake is still talking. And the snake's going to talk and talk and just keep you happening until you finally decide to shut the snake up and listen to God. So I want to be clear. Listen to my words. You have infinite value. You matter. You are unconditionally loved. There's a God who created you for himself. He adores you. I don't get it. (laughs) He will not give up on you. I don't care where you're from, what you've done, who you are, what other people think about you. When Jesus stepped into human history 2,000 years ago, it was for you. For you. No one could talk him out of it. No one could convince him you were not worth it. When Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago and he spoke his words, it is finished. It was finished for you. To the power of his word, God has given you a way to life. And that word, in case you didn't get it, that word from God is Jesus. Would you just bow your heads with me just for a moment? Just close your eyes. There's a place in the Bible where it says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I always thought it was 
Interesting that it says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. It's because of the power of words. The declaration matters. And if you're here right now and you are just done trying to do life alone, trying to earn someone's love and acceptance, and you are ready to trust Jesus with your life, you can finally embrace that, that kind of love. I know what your soul is telling you. You're not worthy of it. It's not about whether you're worthy of it. It's about whether it's offered to you. And if you're here right now and you're ready to receive Jesus in your life, to trust him with your life, to choose to follow him with every fiber of your being, I want you to confess this right now. I want you to make a declaration that Jesus is Lord. This one simple prayer, Jesus, I give you my life. I want you to declare it, not just in your head right now. I want you to move your lips. I want a sound to come out of your mouth. I want you to use the power of your words to say, Jesus, I give you my life. Right now, just tell him, Jesus, I give you my life. May your words have the power of life right now. Jesus, I give you my life. Tell him. If this is your confession, your declaration, if today you are praying and saying, Jesus, I give you my life, I want to pray for you. What is prayer except the power of words to bring life when we connect to God? If you just pray, Jesus, I give you my life, I want you to raise your hand right now. I want to see you and I want to pray for you. Just raise it up high. Beautiful. Anyone else? Wonderful. Anyone else? Wow. So many, right now, just hold it up high, I wanna see you. Right now, just say it out loud, Jesus, I give you my life. Let those words be your confession. Father, I thank you for the women and men who in this moment have made a declaration of life. They have embraced the power of the words they have spoken. I thank you, God, that you speak as well, that you speak life into us. God, I declare today that life has begun in those who have confessed you, Jesus. I pray that today would be the beginning of new things for them. I pray that they would become a part of the voice in this world that speaks life, not death, hope, not despair, love, not hate, life, not death. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we just thank God for all those who responded to him? So good. All right, guys. Here's my practical challenge. My practical challenge this week. When you hear the frequency that is jealousy, envy, slander, gossip, when you hear a frequency in your soul that's gonna diminish another human being, talk down another human being, make someone less, silence it. And open your mouth with the words that bring life. I wanna challenge us to become the voice of God to the world, speaking life, hope, forgiveness, compassion, grace, goodness, 
speak a future. Use your words with power. You have been made powerful by God. You will either create or destroy. You will not be neutral. Silence is a surrender to death. Speak life. Love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic. Your sacrifice makes this podcast possible and creates life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading this message around the world by going to mosaic.org give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.